and good morning, everyone. I expect that many of us have been given nicknames at some point in our lives, and some of those nicknames will be less flattering than others. But flattering or not, the probability is that a few years after our death, those names will be forgotten. But not so with Thomas, one of the 12 disciples. 2,000 years later, we still remember him for this one story in the New Testament that Ali has just read to us, and we dub him Doubting Thomas. And yet in conversation over the years, I've always found that people are quite sympathetic towards Thomas. On that first Easter day, Jesus appeared to those first ten, the first 10 disciples. They were in lockdown because they were afraid, and those who put Jesus to death might well come after them. Good reason for them to be in lockdown. And Jesus comes to them in their brokenness and in their devastation, and he offers them peace. You may have noticed that three times that word peace is used in that short passage. But on the first occasion, Thomas was not with the others. When he rejoins them, they tell him that Jesus has visited them just three days after he had been crucified. I think we can understand his reasons for scepticism. I suspect the reason why many of us sympathise with Thomas is because we too would like to have some kind of visual and tangible proof of Jesus being with us. As a child, I remember singing him about wishing that his hands had been placed on my head and that I might have seen the kind look on his face when he said, let the little ones come unto me. But we live 2,000 years later. We weren't there when Jesus preached in Galilee or hung on the cross or visited his disciples after his resurrection. We are amongst those who are called to believe without seeing. And sometimes that can be hard. Let me tell you about Lucy. Those of you at Westminster who know me well know that when I left school, I came to live and work in London for a while. I lived at one of our church hostels, Methodist International House, 120 students from all over the world. And we were encouraged to regard that hostel, not just as providing a roof over our heads, but as a place where we could create a Christian community aware of each other's needs. We socialised together, we prayed together, and sometimes interesting people came to speak to us. One Sunday night, a young Chinese woman called Lucy Ching came to speak. She was en route from America back to China. Lucy was totally blind, and her talk was fascinating. She told us how she'd been hungry for education as a child, how she'd managed to learn the Braille language and significantly how she had become a Christian, all going against the culture of her country at that time. It was a most memorable talk. I made notes and over the years I've quoted from it. So you can imagine how delighted I was a year or two ago to stumble across a book with her name on the cover. There it is. You can probably see her name on the cover, but what you won't be able to see across the top or down the side is the fact that her name and the title of the book are embossed in Braille. And of course, in that book, she's able to elaborate much more than she could in 45 minutes of a talk. Remember, that was many years ago. She's able to elaborate on her story. And several things came over to me quite clearly as I read the book. 
One was the uphill struggle that she'd had to persuade her family that she had the capacity to learn without sight. Another thing was the sheer determination to succeed in getting a job. I think she became the first blind person in China to be qualified as a social worker. But the most profound thing, and it's this profound thing really that links into our theme this morning, the most profound thing that impressed itself upon me was this, that because she was blind, she seemed able to develop closer and more sensitive relationships than other members of her family who had physical sight. Two short examples. One was the time when her elderly grandmother, who'd been a typical strong matriarchal figure in the family, uh, grew old and rather frail and had to come and live with Lucy's family. And she found that experience of dependency very devastating. But it was Lucy who was most aware of the pain that this strong woman was going through and went to comfort her in the middle of the night when she was sobbing. Or another occasion when Lucy's sister lay seriously ill in hospital and dying. It was Lucy who spent most of the time with her sister because she understood in a way that others didn't deeply what was going on in her sister's spirit. You see, strangely, Lucy had a quality of relationships with other people that did not depend on seeing with her eyes. And that included her relationship with God. I believe that story speaks some truths into our lives. The deepest and the most real things in life are not dependent on physical sight. And so Jesus says to Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And later in the New Testament, Peter, writing to Christians in the Roman Empire, going through a pretty tough time, offers that same promise of deep peace and joy. And writing about Jesus, Peter says to them, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and you are filled with a, an inexpressible and a glorious joy. And so in this time of lockdown for many people, in this time when there's much to make us afraid, in this time when we may be experiencing devastation of loss and in circumstances where we can't express our grief in the normal way, we need to hold on to those words of promise in the New Testament. The reality of Christ's presence with us does not depend on us seeing him. But... He comes to speak that same word of peace into our situation today, just as he did to his first disciples. And so I'd like to end this short message by using a simple response that we sometimes use in worship when we're together. When the leader of worship declares the Lord is here and the congregation respond with the words, his spirit is with us. I'm going to make that declaration now. And I'd like to invite you, wherever you are, if you feel able, to make that response. The Lord is here. His spirit is with us. Amen. Thanks be to God.